welcome to Inexos Access All Areas. My name is B, and I will be co-hosting this series of podcasts with my Inexos nerd Hayden Murdoch. We will be delving deep with you all to explore everything there is to know about this iconic band of brothers in excess, sharing music, tours, videos, albums, and oh, so much more. Well, hello, welcome to Access Access All Areas, the podcast that aims to dive deep into everything great about this band, get them into the Hall of Fame, bring some fans along for the journey, plus also uh, engage and attract new listeners to this awesome band. B, uh, let the people speak. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I am having a bit of a, a roller coaster of an emotional week with all this uh, stuff that's going on about in excess. How are you going? Well, I'm going to get in early and I'm going to just give a quick shout out to you, first of all, for um, somehow figuring out that I had a birthday, um, (laughs) somehow going to market and and acquiring, you know, 30, 40, 50 people around the world who have been great listeners to us and sending me Mm -hmm. their happy birthdays and best wishes. All of you, all of you, uh, it was a, uh, brought a smile to my face when I woke up in the morning <laughs> and you said, look at this, look at this. And I turned it on and I was like, hang on, we've got an extra episode for the week, Nick Egan, blah, blah, blah. No, no, it was this happy birthday. Uh, finished off with Andrew saying happy mm-hmm. birthday so I can retire now. Um, and uh, also too, for some of the cards that came my way from uh, those who know who they are. Thank you very, very much. Um Aww. And, yeah, it was a lovely start to the day, B, amidst uh, this worldwide lockdown, et cetera, there. And uh, I think uh, Blair said, welcome to the the Dirty 30, so I'll Uh, take that. Yeah, I I was thinking that. (laughs) Nobody knows how old you are, so they weren't listening last year, were they? (laughs) Well, you know, we'll see. (laughs) Um, uh, I I think you got one from a unicorn as well, didn't you? Well, yes, you said to me yesterday, do you know who it was? And I said, no, I don't, and I still don't know who it was. Can you reveal to me now and who it Uh, was? It was Foxy. Oh, was it? <laughs> Thank you, Foxy. <laughs> she wants you to believe in unicorns. Well, it's been a unicorn theme in the last couple of weeks uh, with those uh, headphones and now uh, a unicorn happy birthday. And my daughter got unicorn ice cream yesterday at the Ooh. beach. So whatever that means. But uh, enough of me. Over to you. How's your in excess week been? I should shout out all those gorgeous people's names, shouldn't I, that sent you a happy birthday? Because there were some people there that didn't actually say their names. Do it again in fan engagers. There you go. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, they're not really fun <laughs> engagers, are they? They are our patrons. They are real engagers. But yeah. uh, how's your excess week been? It was really fun doing that for you, engagement with everybody and getting those together. That was that was big fun. I'm in the process of making – oh, no, didn't hear that. <laughs> Oh, okay. Move on. <laughs> Move on. I literally spilled the beans. Right, okay. Oh, okay, and... Um, the, uh, You're in the process then- of uh, finishing your toast this morning, is that right? <laughs> yeah. The listeners out there, B uh, said, can we start a bit later having toast? And I'm like, absolutely. And then I turned up to the podcast with toast today as well. So, uh, But uh, moving ahead. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you what I've just done, everybody. I've just uploaded a... Our last episode, which we will call our hamburger episode, onto YouTube. It was a triple banger onto YouTube. So you can share it a lot better with your friends. Um, We would love to get more subscribers onto our YouTube channel and lift ourselves off onto um, that platform. So if you can help us out, that would be awesome. 
Now, we did have uh, one avid listener and we enjoyed the podcast last week doing the album uh, covers and it was very interactive because it was your votes that uh, were really the important ones we read out. But uh, one avid uh, messenger sent to me that, B, when you were calling out the top 11 albums, uh, you mentioned the first one as Original Sin, the album, and no one mentioned Full Moon Dirty Hearts last week. So we need to go back and find out what happened to one of your favourite top five albums because... Full Moon Dirty Hearts didn't get an announcement in the top 11. We had, I think, Switch with 1%. Uh, you had Original Sin with 1%, but that's not technically the studio album. Uh, we had Welcome with 2, both In Excess Underneath the Colors with 3%, Listen Like These with 4, The Swing with 7, Shabu Shabar with 9, Ellie um, Waves with 10, X with 20, and then the balance was, was Kick. But the mystery of Full Moon Dirty Hearts needs oh. to be revealed, V. So maybe you have to have some homework to find those figures out. Ah, oh, mm, I don't know. But look, other than all that, it was a lot of fun getting sort of people interacted in that episode, I guess, and um, still getting posts even a week later. You know, which has been, which has been good because artwork does play an important sort of part in the imagery and the the uh, visual of the man, doesn't it? Well, okay, I'm going to spill my beans a little bit here, but um, we are going to be doing a special for patrons only with Nick Egan, and I'm going to award him with some medals for coming um, second and first. So we've got him a silver medal and a gold medal, silver medal for the X album and a gold medal for the the kick album so he Gold doesn't for kick, know. silver for X, hopefully yeah. he's not listening to this actually he yeah. won't yeah because this will be coming out the same day that i'm going to also do the live stream so if you want to see nick get presented and talk about the red footage that he's just found and um and given to the patrons of um the rehearsal of the um the wembley concert then yeah. you need to become a patron before Sunday. Uh, should we throw a little bronze in for Live Baby Live as well for him, just to sort of make him feel good? Maybe we'll do that another <laughs> time. <laughs> Ask about that that particular uh, patron because I know you were planning that in the works. When does that actually happen? When are you doing that with Nick? Well, this is going to probably come out on Saturday, Sunday, and I'm going to do it just after. So if you can get this downloaded quick enough, then you Mm. you will hear us um, in the patrons. I will give a little snippet of the uh, award ceremony because I think everybody can enjoy that, but you won't get to see the whole of the concert. Okay. All right. Now, speaking of patrons, over to you. We have a new patron this week called Glenn Davis. He is awesome, such an uber fan and yeah, really, really love this guy. So, um, yeah, welcome to the family, mate. And here are the others. I'd like to say hello to everybody outside on the highway. Let's all say hello to everybody outside. It's about 10,000 people at least. Hello. Well, hello to our honorary patrons, Nick Egan, Mark Opitz, Cameron Adams and Mary Woods. We'd also like to say hello to... Joe Robbins and Sue D. Carmen, Laurie, Carrie Ann, Danielle, Sarah Markram, Dr. Jim, Katie, Felicia, Lisa Mack, Anne Marie, Susan Purvis, Foxy, Lisa Urban, Pedro, Mandy, Lisa Calloway, Matt, Linda, Vern, Paul Busey, Yvonne, Caroline, Amanda H. And we've got Leon, David Gaunt, Tracy, Paul Jolie, Sandrine. 
Warren, Sarah Camia, Susan, B, Amanda V, Ella, Ryder, Tony, Erica, Abigail, Martin, Stefan, Val, Jim, Matty, and Kelly, John, Jackie, Sean, Sheila, Shannon, Virginia, Helen, and we'd also like to say hello to our new patrons, Brett and Suzanne. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Topic of the week, let the people speak, faith in each other, John Farris, North America. Uh, we are very welcome this week, B, to almost accidentally incorporate a bit of a goal of you, uh, yours, I should say, and get a bunch of ladies on who can really wax lyrical about NXS. And I think in this particular topic coming up, we may be able to achieve that. We have four leading ladies from the States and Canada. We have Lynn from LA. We have Sheila from Alabama, Montgomery, Alabama. We have Susan Purvis from uh, Dayton, uh, Ohio. Uh, and a little bit north of there, uh, we have Matey from uh, Montreal, Canada. And we're looking very much uh, forward to speaking to these ladies about their love of the band, what the band means to them, the connection, albums, you know, songs, um, experiences, you know, post-Michael, pre-Michael, all that type of stuff there. So uh, we are looking forward to today, B, doing a massive deep dive with uh, genuine fans, patrons, and those invested in helping us get this band to the Hall of Fame, Yeah. And my hand is hovering over the beep button. <laughs> well, we might have a few potty mouths in today. You never know. <laughs> I don't know about know. potty mouths, and it's not the potty mouth of the girl, is it? No, no. it might be the ho- my co-host here. Okay, no. so. Uh- <laughs> Cheeky. Yeah. <laughs> what but, I love um, about these girls is they have such good energy. And I think there's some real life stories and experiences mm. here that uh, I rumoured that could, look, this this might have to go to, uh, you know, those ratings boards around the world for movies. This might be our first uh, R-rated um, mm. uh, episode. So uh, if you have a little bit of a weak disposition, <laughs> hey, still stay in, tune in. <laughs> um, so, uh, yes, looking forward to that. Um, but B, what's the time? For. It's time for the news. Hi, it's Dave from England, and you're listening to In Excess Access All Areas with Hayden and B. And now it's time for the news. All right, well, B, we always start off with chart watching, and we have two chart watches today, B. So we've had actually added a second sort of in related sort of chart uh, watch into the uh, into the news. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, we have had this sort of uh, slightly um, confused greatest hits chart uh, of the album, which uh, I know a couple of weeks ago went from thirty three to forty five. Yeah. Well, B, it's gone from forty five to thirty three. How did that happen without any advertising? It is the classic yo-yo sort of experience. So uh, we'll put it down to uh, last week's podcast and the weeks before and drumming up enough interest. So (laughs) yay us. Yay. (laughs) Um, Second bit of chart news. Andrew has released, I think, might be about the fourth single, I think, of his uh, solo album. uh, And it's called Son of a Gun. And Mm -hmm. uh, did appear as number nine in the Australian charts. uh, Oh, awesome. As a debut. So I know, uh, Andrew, if you've watched uh, and followed him on his platforms, you may know that already. Uh, and you may have also sent a, uh, you know, a like and a thank you and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's pretty good. Wild women starting dive bar fights. Sheriff's gonna get you, gonna hunt you down. If you don't surrender, 
Sad news. Uh, Bay Hotel in Sydney, a very famous uh, hotel right on the, the shores uh, of uh, the beach area there. Uh, they had sort of a venue there called Selena's Nightclub, and there's some very, very famous um, concert footage of uh, around the Shabu Shabar time. I reckon Mr. Jolly was there, uh, of Mike on the band playing. Uh, and it looks like that venue has been closed down, which is a, a little bit sad. And mm. I guess a sort of bit of a reflection worldwide now, you know, with probably the pandemic and also just live music as such, contracting rather than expanding. So, Actually, uh, Hayden, did it say closed down and demolish? Well, I, it may. It may. See, I, that's the bit that's gut wrenching, isn't it? Yeah. Look, it's not uncommon now, and you know, real estate moguls are trying to maximise, mm. you, know, you know, return on investment. So um, maybe, maybe it's gone to that level. But um, I didn't get past the closed down bit in the article. Well, they did the Manly Vale Hotel and made it into a girls' school. Well, you know. If Michael was alive, you never know. Uh, so, um, but that's that's also, um, as I said, you know, a bit of bad news there. Um, also, too, there is a new release for a new Sin B uh, yeah. called Lust on the Spotify soundtracks, etc. There now, uh, the word Lust B. What sort of comes into your mind uh, with the word Lust there when you think of In Excess and Spotify and, and that's Lust quite a few. Sort of what you mean? What songs should be on there? Oh, just the word in general, you know, just throwing it to you and giving you a bone, you know. <laughs> giving me a bone. <laughs> well, <laughs> we told you it was be a triple R that? episode. I'm sorry. Okay. Get your mind out of the gutter, B, would you for a moment? Okay. But, uh, yeah, what, what's the, uh, the – anything come to your mind there? Because I can tell you what comes to my mind, et cetera, there anyway, and the songs that are part of Lust uh, for this particular uh, release – uh, don't change, golden playpen, by my side, new sensation, devil inside, never tear us apart, mystified, beautiful girl, original sin and strange desire. Now these all Where's sound, taste it? It might have been on the last one, but a lot of these do relate to lust a little bit, don't they? Think about it, you mm. know, a new sensation, devil inside, never tear us apart. Uh, beautiful girl, original sin, strange desire. They they probably are the most theme related to that particular uh, sin. I'm glad Golden Playpen got in there. That was my first one I was going to say, actually. Yeah. But so, taste it should be well in there. Yeah, well, um, we do want to push along because we do want to. Oh, is that for our, gluttony? <laughs> maybe. We could probably could be in all the sins, really. But uh, <laughs> um, moving along, a little bit with live news. Um, please keep checking your local guides with COVID varying, in varying states around the world. There's been mass changes, mass rebookings, mass cancellations, mass continuations uh, for various in excess material being played. And that could be both uh, cover bands, John Stevens, you know, Andrew concerts, all sorts of things. Yes. So we're just in. in encourage you in whatever region you are in to check your local guides because the world is all different at the moment. Actually, Hayden, I can add to that because I was just talking to my um, girls and my team and we were talking about um, what's coming up soon in November is Australia T-shirt day. And Mm. that actually helps with that project of helping the musicians. So we'll be putting, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll have to, um, we'll have to get behind that. Yes. Mm. I think that relates to John Stevens post and thing. Yeah. Too. Yeah. 
Okay. A uh, couple of little things. I want to give a bit of a shout out to In Excess in Belgium Facebook site. Uh, it keeps popping up on my feed. And uh, again, uh, you know, Belgium's not the most, uh, you know, populous place in the world. I'm not saying popular, populous. Uh, I, every time I think of Belgium, I think of uh, uh, Hector Poirot. <laughs> he, is, uh, uh, he was always confused as being French in those uh, Agatha Christie movies. But uh, In Excess uh, in Belgium Facebook site are doing a great job and I want to give him a shout out. Um, also, too, uh, uh, Andrew this week was very, very proud. He, there was a little bit of a post uh, via Universal. There was a uh, a CSAC, uh, S-E-S-A-C, that's an acronym, pop award that he received for the Dua Lipa yeah. uh, release. Okay. He was out in his field with his award. It was he literally. Was. So yeah. That was sent out in via Universal Music and via sort of contribution to the co-write on that particular track. So great seeing sort of Andrew as one of the original songwriters get acknowledgement for that. I did send him a little like and say, now all we need now is that long after or long overdue Grammy Award. Yes. Um, and I think he was uh, of the same opinion because he just don't have a Grammy. It's one of the sad oversights. Mm. Um, Yet. Yes. Little sneak peek. There is a new cover song release. We won't mention who it is and whatever until the end of the episode, but there is a famous Australian band, Dean Excess Links, who have a cover song just been released. Um, hang tight till the closeout today and we will share that with you. Woohoo! Um, <laughs> there has been uh, a couple of good articles. There was a good article in a, in a publication called Newsbreak on the Welcome to Wherever You Are album. Um, so mm. the publication's called Newsbreak. It's a good retro sort of review and things. Uh, check it out. Uh, I encourage you to, uh, and we will be reviewing that album soon. Two other little things. Uh, Tim, good luck in court. Uh, we're not going to sort of expand upon the uh, the um, uh, crap. crap and the bullshit of the lawyers involved. Thank you. You know, they are just nothing but, uh, you know, glorified, uh, you know. Bullies. Yeah, you know, like they both <laughs> gutter feeders, uh, I guess, and yeah. some of the smart ass comments and things like that. Um, you know, we're going to flip to the uh, to the boundary line, but uh, Tim, keep yeah. keep firm, keep strong, keep 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 sound, and uh, and just everyone, yeah, Hayden, you're right. Just keep <laughs> out those good vibes to it'll be over now anyway. So that's good. Yeah. Last thing we want to do, etc. B, and we're going to cue the music. <laughs> well, we've just come back there from Lindsay Buckingham's Holiday Road from the movie Vacation about a family who drive across America in vain of going to a theme park for holidays. Uh, one of the seminal movies of the early 80s. Our listener audience probably know it. Well, B and I, we, we sort of came up with a really cool idea that when lockdown finishes and maybe in the next 12, 18 months, B and I are going to do a holiday road trip across America and Yay. we're going to visit all of our patron friends and yeah. all of our, all of our uh, hardworking people behind the scenes who make this podcast possible. And we're going to drop into some radio stations and uh-huh. do a sort of a road trip and just get this band uh, reignited there. So we're going to have our own holiday road across America, B. We're going to hire a bus and put a great big slogan on it and get everything <laughs> behind us. <laughs> so we could be we could be dropping into LA and picking up the uh, picking up uh, Suzanne. We could be going to Arizona and picking up Foxy. We could be going across to Cincinnati, Dayton, all these places, to, all the way up to Wisconsin, down to Pensacola, uh, up to uh, Montreal. This could be. We might have to get a we might have to get a double decker extended bus. Okay. <laughs> Do you think Nick Egan will drive? 
Well, <laughs> Nick might be up. Nick, you might get Nick up on top of the uh, bus doing his best Priscilla impersonation. <laughs> oh, God, he'd love that, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but uh, like we fun. would like to spend three, four weeks driving across America and uh, spreading the word. And gee, wouldn't it be great if it time we timed it in uh, right up to the uh, the Rock and Roll induction if they were oh, yeah. nominated that year? So, um, be really good. Yeah. So this is like a, a like an appendage to us wanting to do our on the bus tour. <laughs> um, of um, Sydney because um, we said we'd do different cities and I they were like, oh, let's forget the cities, let's do the country. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, might, we might even take Andrew along as well with Marlena and we can drop into Texas and we can go into Aww. Nashville and in Tennessee. Yeah. I love your dreams, mate. Let's come, right. let them come true. Okay. Uh, but that's news of the week, Boo. Okay. Hey, this is Tim Farris. Big shout out to Hayden and B. Also want to say hello to all the listeners and NXS fans. Thanks for listening. I love you, Hayden and B. You're doing a great job. Keep it up. the Netherlands. You're listening to In Excess, Access All Areas with Hayden and Dee. And now it's time for the topic of the week. Started and invite the girls on. Let's welcome Sheila aboard. Okay, Sheila, where are you? Where are you dialing in, zooming in from today? Just outside of Birmingham, Alabama. Okay, cool. and uh, just for those who don't know, Sheila is, uh, I guess, uh, has a backdrop today of a ton of NXS stuff. I think the first one is a bit of a uh, Michael Chest action. There's a little <laughs> bit of Stevie Nicks there with the NXS album there, the Mystify stuff. It's a bit of a montage there. Is there some Prince there? Is I see Prince. Is that right? There's some Prince. Oh, there's a little bit of no, got a bit of Bob Seger. Did you know we mentioned yeah. Bob Seger on a podcast oh. in the early days? Yes. Still yeah. the same. What a great song, I- huh? Actually, I love Bob Seger. I don't think you were quite as enthralled with Bob. B. I love Bob Seger. B was the one who knocked me down on that. Was, was it B? He's a ripper. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I had him on yeah. one of the pleasure and pains. But uh, welcome to you, Sheila. Great to have you with us. Um, also, too, from a little bit north of where you are, uh, we have uh, Mighty Martinez, okay, uh, all the way from Canada, but just specifically, where, where exactly are you calling in from today? I'm from Montreal, Montreal. 
Wow. And your experience at a heat wave, which in Canadian terms, that's about, uh, what, about 65 degrees? Is that right? (laughs) No. It's uh, about 88, 89, 90. Okay. That's a a B. That's Fahrenheit and Celsius. It's about 35, 36. In the straight term. (laughs) Also joining us all the way from uh, California, almost a little bit of a celebrity for me being on today because I felt like I've watched her journey over the last couple of years through Facebook and she knows more rock stars, okay, than Keith Richards, okay? (laughs) She somehow manages to get herself in photos from everybody from uh, the Spandau Ballet guys. Uh, all the way through to sort of, I reckon, Danny Saber, all these famous, famous people. She is almost the female equivalent of Richard Simpkins in knowing the who's who of uh, celebrity. Suzanne uh, Keith, welcome aboard, Suzanne. Hi. <laughs> that was a big intro. you got Adam Ant in the background I can see there. Is that right? Yeah, that's Adam. Yep. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. And yeah. what, is there any uh, connection with Adam? <laughs> Uh, actually, yeah, he was my he's my first love I since 81. And uh, so uh, huge, like when when NXS got to tour with with them, when I saw that double bill, I yeah, like, blew well, your I mind. Lost my mind. Yeah, yeah, it, it was it was amazing. Um, but fast forward, you know, to uh, I guess seven years ago now when he uh, made a comeback and uh, did a bunch of shows. Um we were, uh, you know, it was first in line for GA and someone spotted him crossing the street. And I'm like, well, come on, let's go. And they're like, what? I'm like, let's go talk to him. And they're like, no. I'm like, okay, see ya. So <laughs> I went and I had him all to myself. Yay. Talked to him on the, on the street corner for a while. And um, so then uh, fast forward um, maybe a year and I went to go see him in, in England. His manager came around and got me to go to the back to say hello. And he's like, he's like, I know you. You came all this way to see little old me. I'm like, yes, I did. And he's like, yes, it was. Then I said, yes, it was. So then he gave me his T-shirt that he was wearing on stage. And so I had that framed in another room. You're going to see him tour, I think, in California, maybe last year, but maybe it got postponed or because of the COVID thing. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So it's been it's been rescheduled twice. So fingers crossed, it stays October. All right, and uh, not to be confused, but we have a Susan, not so much a Suzanne, uh, who's just joining us. Where are you, where are you dialing in from, Susan? Cincinnati, Ohio. Wow, fantastic! Very hot and sticky and steamy Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh. What's the What's the temperature today in Fahrenheit, roughly? Um, well, heat index has been like 110. Fahrenheit. Wow. It, it's, it's just oppressive. It's terrible. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> now, do you have an air conditioner in all the relevant rooms? Well, we went 14 hours today without power. So it's been oh. a lot of fun. Um, yeah. yeah. Had no power for, for, and there was only like 30 of us that didn't have power. And, uh, and I have five dogs. So that was a lot of fun. And, um, yeah, so today was not a lot of fun, but we're back to normal. The storms came through and, uh, the power came on and, now I'm the air conditioning's back on, so I'm happy. Fantastic. My goodness. Well, we're going to kick things off today a little bit. Um, you know, part of this Zoom call and what we've done in the past is sort of getting fans of the band together. And, you know, without so much of a, a designer script, we're, we're trying to sort of more uh, go around sort of the audiences out there who love the band, love certain songs and albums. You know, how did they get into uh, the band in the first place? And, you know, just sort of share some of the experiences that you have and, uh, you know, put them to air because, you um, I guess, you know, going back to 40 years ago when the band sort of virtually commenced, 
some people have jumped in at the start of their, you know, their maybe their career, maybe uh, midway through their career. Uh, and we've got a lot of younger listeners, I guess, across the podcast who've discovered them, you know, through their parents or, you know, through older brothers and sisters and things. idea of you know how you know you you know your first experience how you sort of discover them because I think that's what B and I did in our first episode was how we actually got in, involved with the uh, the band in terms of fanhood um, maybe with yourself Sheila we might kick off with you there pardon the pun okay um, yeah actually it was early early to mid 80s and my brother was in the army he brought an album home and I was one of those that said inks what is that? And didn't realize I had uh, been seeing them on MTV. And so I love the, I love the music. And uh, I started, I started playing his album and I don't know if that was the swing or if that was listen like these, but I love, love both of those and just listen to them over and over. I guess my favorite one's probably kick is where I really, I really like kick a lot. Uh, I like all the songs on kick. Um, and then I really didn't go back to the early ones until just recently and like with Apple music. And I would just tell Siri to, I don't want to say it because then I'm afraid Siri's going to start up. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so I just started hearing a lot of the, the first albums, uh, the more punkish type, but um, that's how I, that's how I really got into uh, NXS. So I guess to my brother and through MTV. Brilliant. Brilliant. And Mighty, what about yourself? When video channels first started, we didn't have MTV in Canada, but we had a, a, a channel called uh, Music Plus. So I, I first saw, I believe the first video I saw, the one that they're running through in, in, the, in the marsh. Um, uh, burn for you. Burn for you. Yes, that one. Hmm. And I remember seeing who is that cute skinny guy running, running through those trees. <laughs> And then the next videos I would see would be kicking, kicking the dirt. Is that the one? Uh, falling kissing down the, the mountain? Falling down the mountain. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I just went, wow, the, these guys are amazing. And then, then we'd see them everywhere. And then I got my first, I'm showing my age, my first cassette, hmm. which was the swing. And I would listen to it like crazy. I think it's, I have it somewhere on my table, but uh, I don't have a cassette player anymore. So now I listen to them online. And that's how I, I started. I, we started seeing them everywhere, basically. Then I, I was lucky enough to see them twice in 80, 88 and 91. Great. And amazing, amazing shows. Yeah. They were, yeah. And Suzanne, yourself, you mentioned Adam the Ant earlier. Was that the first incarnation we saw or, or knew of them there? Um, I knew of them when, uh, when they were first on MTV. Uh, so it was uh, 82, I guess. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I don't know if you guys have heard of the, the quote unquote world famous K Rock or that DJ Richard Blade. He's on Sirius uh, XM now. Yeah. Um, and you know, so I you know they I got you know my music from there, and they, they would always play in excess. They were big in, uh, in excess. Uh, they they really helped break them in you know in Cal in Los Angeles. So being able to see them with Adam was 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 so amazing. It was so great. And then I also do. Are you guys aware of the 
the concert that was televised on MTV and it's it's I think it's on YouTube now, but from from Magic Mountain. The San Bernardino, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I, I was I was there. You were wow. there. I was at that one. Yeah. Wow. They, they, did, they played two shows back to back, and I, you know, so, you know, I got to see both of them. So two, two concerts one night was it was it was great. So, where, so, so where was the second concert? Same Were place. They, okay, so they played so the same set twice, twice at different times. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Because I think on that bill there was quite right. I think maybe the Clash. Um, obviously, Adam. Oh, Nunes. that the San Bernardino. No, 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 that was that was the US festival. Ah, uh, okay, right. That's the other one. Um, I'm talking about just it was it was just an excess. Ah, right. Okay, great. It was, it was yeah, and it was so it was, you know full full sets and at, at this um, amusement park yeah. called Magic Mountain. Now it's yeah. called Six Flags. Right. Wow. And uh, what about sort of touring sort of later on and things like that on other albums or tours? Did you get a chance to take those in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would see them every time they were in LA. You know, up until '97, I saw when in '97 when. They played at uh, at, a, at the Greek Theater, and the beginning of the tour, and at the very end of the tour, they played a, cl- a club called the Belasco. And at that at that show, I w- uh, there was a flyer on the swag table saying where to show up to be an extra in their music video. I'm like, uh, yes, please. So I took a flyer, and so the very <laughs> next day, I got to be an extra in the Everything video. Excellent! Oh, that's that's Excellent. an amazing. We love that video. We are, do. You, are you visible? Did you make the editing cut? I didn't, because oh. unfortunately, I was because there's there's the, you know the, how how high it goes up the stairs and yeah. um and where we where I was there um everyone was sitting down but me and this other guy you know we're, we're standing up so we're hoping that that would get us on camera that you know because we were like dancing and like getting into it but you know sadly no. But yeah, yeah, but I was there, so wow. I got to you know say hello to all of them again, and yeah. So did they oh. greet everybody as well before they started singing, or was that like an up? Uh, was there an after bit, or what? Tell us a little uh, in, bit in more about it. Yeah, yeah. There was a there was a they, it was a they did a break time like halfway through the shoot, and um, and so being the bold person that I that I am I just like going to you know chop right down there oh hey guys you know I didn't care <laughs> yeah I'd be there as well I'd be jumping down the stairs and I would have been there it's a very um, cool. joyful video I think I put that in maybe one of my favorites there you mm-hmm. know it's such a happy fan embracing the great little idea with the amphitheater and the circle going around and uh, mm-hmm. what an experience to be a part of wow Tell us about your first experience there. I was in 1983. Um, I was in college, uh, my first year at Ohio State University, and I was dating a guy. This makes me sound like such a um, wild. (laughs) No qualifiers. Don't worry about that. I kind of was back in the day. 
But so this guy like had his hair cut like Michael, but I didn't even know who they were. And he was obsessed with them. And so this sounds so awful, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, <laughs> we're amongst friends. We would lay in bed and he would play Don't Change over and over <laughs> again. Like, I mean, it was on repeat, you know, our little 45 and that's what he played. And so like, I kind of, our relationship didn't last by the way. Um, but I, my best friend moved up to Ohio State to go to law school and uh, we lived together. And um, so the two of us became uh, obsessed <laughs> to say the least with them. Um, Cause that was kind of my introduction was this, this guy from Cleveland, Ohio who introduced me to the, to NXS. So I have, I can thank Josh from 1983 for introducing me to that band too. I later Josh, if you're listening, can we get in touch with Susan? (laughs) And he'll go, who? (laughs) Susan (laughs) who? And honestly, I probably never remember him except that he introduced me to, you know, my obsession, so. It's awesome. I guess sort of going around, et cetera, there, you know, probably some sort of, uh, you know, 40-year career that's very songs and albums and videos and concerts and live experiences. You know, uh, what sort of maybe for yourself first, uh, Sheila, sort of stands out to you as your favourite excess experience or moment, et cetera? It could be in song. It could be, you know, as I said, a live experience. It could be an album. What do you think typifies your love? Oh, well, my very favorite live experience, personal live experience, was when they were at Oak Mountain in, I believe it's 1994, and I made my way, uh, Oak Mountain is an amphitheater just outside of Birmingham, and I made my way to the front of the stage, and I was at the bottom of the stage, and I think it might have been Suicide Blonde that they were playing, and I saw a girl get up on the stage, and then another one, and I looked up, and I was thinking, well, why not me? <laughs> and so Michael <laughs> looks down at me, and says, come on. And then I tried to get up on the stage and security saying no. And I said, no, look. And they turned around and looked at him and he said, yeah, let her up. And so I got up and I got to dance on stage. Wow. So that was my very favorite oh. live. <laughs> yes. I can see a collective <laughs> groan experience. from everybody else on this call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of your other, uh, one of your other podcasts, when the lady said something about the stubble, I don't know if I actually remember the stubble. I did hug him before I got off the stage. They didn't drag me off the stage, but yeah, I wanted to stay up there, but security did <laughs> quietly yeah, escort me off the stage. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that was a highlight. But as far as their um, shows that I've seen on TV, I mean, I love all the videos, but I really love the concerts. They are the best live band I've ever seen. I've seen a lot of live yeah. bands. Yeah. And um, one of the ones that really, uh, I liked them um, when they did the, the thing with the prince uh, and princess, the rock and the Royals. Ah, yeah. That yeah. Was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was good. It was not with yeah. Jenny Morris when yeah. the, what you need. And I yeah. thought that was awesome. And then um, another one that really stands out is the one where he's wearing the blue jeans, the blue jean outfit. I think it's the hard rock. A Canadian tuxedo. It's called apparently when you wear the jean jacket and the jeans. 
I read uh, that song. Double denim. We call it okay. double, double denim, denim down here. <laughs> what do you call it in Canada? Not in Canada, but I've heard it, I think in, in the US or maybe in Canada, but not, not in Montreal. They call it Canadian tuxedo. Oh. Right. Yeah, we call it double denim down here, and it's normally a term of non-endearment. Um, uh, but Michael would have made it look pretty cool. Oh, sure. Michael made it look pretty <laughs> cool. <Get> everything. <laughs> yeah. What about yourself, uh, uh, Mighty? Is it an experience or, is it, as I said, uh, something that stands out for you in your fandom that uh, you always think back or connect to? Well, I can't remember if it was the first concert or the second concert, but when they sang New Sensation... And the Montreal Forum just like at the, like in the Wembley uh, video, everybody just started jumping up and down. And I was in the nosebleeds, unfortunately, but we were jumping up and down, way up there. Everything was shaking, and I was afraid of falling because everybody was jumping, <laughs> and we only had this sort of this railing in front of us, keeping us from falling down. But that, to me, when you see a whole a whole crowd of people moving together it it just drives i i i I just can't imagine what the band must feel like when they see that reaction from the crowd Mm. it's years ago i saw depeche mode and they did the at one point uh david gahan just waves his arm like that and the whole crowd was doing the same movement and yeah. to me when i saw when i was at the nxs show and everybody was just jumping up and down and singing and oh, it was i had Big the same energy. feelings when i went to see queen as well but for yeah. in excess that in particular new sensation everybody jumping up and down it was like oh we're part of something you know i hope they appreciate it yeah. <laughs> well i don't think you can get anything really um you can't get anything like that um i, I think you know, maybe an athlete playing at Wembley, you know, stadium as a soccer player or maybe the Super Bowl or whatever there, and then as a fan being there, part of that community, which this is what live music's all about, part of our era that uh, some of the younger people don't quite connect with, you know. Um, well, I spoke so to Tim that, about awesome. it not so long ago, actually. I said, like, how did you feel? And he goes, I, just, I was just wired wired i couldn't sleep after it you know you just want to talk about it and you the the, the adrenaline rush mm. they must have had afterwards as well as being on continuous and in their heyday as well in the 90s it must have been amazing like tour after tour and um, i always think of michael not wanting to be alone after that because you would have been on such a high and then boom, all of a sudden you're in your hotel room you got to go to sleep because you've got must have been I don't think I, I could I, experience that. I think Michael, in many cases, would have found ways of settling down. Not all the time. He <laughs> read a good book. He read a few uh, books, didn't he? <laughs> uh, what about yourself, Susan? Obviously, you've been to you know heaps of concerts and things like that, but is there any sort of in excess standout moment? As I said, you know the Everything film clip is, sounds like one of them, but um, mm. what about yourself and your thoughts? Well, um, uh, yeah, I, I saw them probably about 17 or 18 times. Let's see. So uh, you mentioned the 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 the, the denim and denim, the, the jean jacket and the jeans. The double uh, denim, yeah. Double denim, yeah. Uh, I got, I was at that. I got to go to that. Uh, that was in the back lot of Universal Studios. Yeah. Um, I don't even know how uh, how how it transpired. I'm trying to remember because the night before, I got to go to the MTV Awards and see them there. So I think something got me hooked up from being there to being then there. Uh, that I, ha- I have half of uh, John's drumstick from that show. 
because he, he, he threw it so hard, it crashed on the stage and then broke in two. And then I was able to, and the stage was really high. And so I was able to jump up really quick and then grab, grab half of Is it. Is that the MTV Awards 1990 when they did Suicide Bomb, that one? Or the uh, I, I went to won all the awards? The, uh, 89. And they won all okay. the awards. That okay. one. Oh God, what other ones? Uh, I got to see, go to a couple TV tapings, which was really cool. So, so Zach, can I ask, did you actually meet Michael? Did you have any conversation with him? You did. I got, you, to meet, I got to meet Michael several times. Can um, you tell us some of your conversation or is it too personal? Um, no, no, they're really, uh, well, one is. Um, tell us that one. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> that one is kind of a build-up long story. It's funny, but I don't know if I you know, want to take up, monopolize the time, but it, it's funny. We got the time. Um, we got the time. I want to know. My personality, I like with certain psych, you know, I want that. I'm going after it. Um, but, so when I was only 13 years old in 1983, when, the, when they first came to the U.S. to promote, they were doing, um, John and Michael went to what it was called the 321 Club on Santa Monica Boulevard. And so my mom took my best friend and I down to that club and, uh, you know, we're waiting around for them. And finally, when they showed up, Michael comes through the front door and I just walked over to him and then put my hand behind his neck and turned his face to me and started kissing him all over his face. <laughs> oh my and, and, you know, then landed on his mouth and he gave me Mwah! and it was, and you know, he didn't, he didn't mind. And, uh, so then later on got to talk to John. Um, so then over the years, like my, my friend and I, we were, we were really good at like sneaking in places and, and then eventually like they kept, they would kept seeing us. And so they eventually started giving us passes because they knew that we were, that, that we weren't crazy, even though what I just told you sounded a little crazy, but they, they knew that we were fine, that we weren't going to, you know, do anything. You got it so, out of system. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, just quickly, currently for those who are listening to the podcast, uh, that Rolling Stones picture with the tongue hanging out, there's three or four other ladies on this call <laughs> whose tongues are hitting the ground at the moment. Okay, very jealous of you, Suzanne. Keep going, keep going. <laughs> so the funny one is when um, it was 80, 1986, one of our tricks was to go to soundcheck. Because um, this, this is before venues like started putting up fences to keep girls like me out of sound check. So we were uh, was down at a place called Irvine Meadows. It's now it's now gone. God rest its soul. And the parking lot was huge. And we were. Uh, and th- but this place they wouldn't they wouldn't let us all the way down into the parking lot. So we were one of the parking lot. And I, I'm like, okay, Debbie, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna see what's going on. So I start. I start walking through the parking lot. And then I see the limos coming. And then so I start running alongside, you know, like the, I'm, I'm like in the middle of the parking lot and then the, the limos are down the driveway. And I'm like, Debbie, start the car, so get in the car. <laughs> and then we zoom after them and there's two limos. And uh, there were, you know, we're, we're going down the freeway to the hotel. And well, we didn't know it was the hotel yet we because we were just falling and where they were going to go. And then we got between the two limos and the limo in front of us, um, uh, and of course, this is before cell phones. And so I actually had a camera. And then because John sticks his head out of the sunroof. So I got a picture of John out of the sunroof. And then and then comes a limo alongside of the car. And I look over 
and the window's rolling down and there's Andrew and Michael. Andrew's going, roll down your window. And so I, and then I leaned down to, and Debbie said, what are you doing? So I leaned down to get my camera again. I, I clicked a picture of a picture of Andrew, like with his finger, like pointing for me to roll down my window. And then and there's Michael with his hand on the window and it's, it's, um, you can, you can see their faces. And so, okay, this <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna get better okay go on go so i rolled down the window and 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 andrew says michael thinks you're an asshole and i said what and he goes he goes and michael goes no it's a lie you're gorgeous andrew thinks you're gorgeous and and then and then i, I went what and then and andrew goes you want to i said yeah him and then and then, so then andrew flips me the bird and i go and so I think Michael took that as something else. And then Michael went, and then he he, uh, he falls back in laughter. And then all of a sudden I go flying into the, um, into the dashboard because the limo drivers were talking to each other and they were trying to do a maneuver to lose us. Even though the band didn't particularly want them to lose us because they were having a good old time talking to us. And, but Debbie, Debbie was a good driver. She, she, we didn't get an accident. She kept up with them and we got to the hotel with them. And so <laughs> Debbie's parking the car. I run in the lobby and there's Michael and he goes, Oh my God, are you okay? I was so afraid you got hurt. Aww. I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> and so I was wearing a dress that had, that, that had cutouts on the sides. And so I, uh, I walk over to me and we, we, we hugged and he, uh, he whispers in my ear. He's like, I, I really wish I could, but I can't. And he's like, and he's all, and he's rubbing the, my bare skin on my sides. And I'm like going, Oh my God. And then Andrew walks in. I said, Uh oh. And, and yeah, because you know, he wants to. <laughs> yeah. And, and so then he, and then it's a completely different Andrew. And he walks up to me and goes, So what do you think of the fighting that's going on in Libya? And I'm like, um, uh, I, I was like, what? I, I don't, I don't know. I, Cause I was just like shocked at the question and like not prepared for it at all. I'm like, and I'm, I'm a dumb 16 year old. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm like, you know, I, you know, I am in awe of like this other person standing And like, it was just like, and then Kirk comes along and then we all get in the elevator with, um, with Gary Grant. So the, the band goes to their hotel rooms and Gary goes, Oh, come on girls. And so he takes us to his room to wait for all of us to go back together to the venue for the show. Wonder where he's like, going for a minute. <laughs> yeah, like you said, you were sixteen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Susan, are you still holding back on something there? You still feel like you got something up your sleeve? I there? think she has. And then after the no, venue? no, <laughs> um, I, 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 I wish, and uh, uh. yeah. Because he, you know, when whenever whenever Michael was in LA, he always his girlfriends were with him. Yeah, yeah. So. And I think uh, also why. too. Kirk uh, did report it to the uh, LA Chronicle uh, for Media Wars back then too, B. He did uh, have that on record for Media Wars. Did he? That was my attempt at humor. So nice. <laughs> Your attempt at humor. <laughs> I have met, I, I do know a girl that has actually slept at the bottom of Michael's bed before now. Oh. <laughs> That's close. <laughs> yeah. So the one thing you have in common, uh, Suzanne and B, you, you both did actually chase uh, Michael was, down in limousine. Yeah, so B, well, B did do that in her UK experience, I think. The, the, well, it was the same year. I was thinking that it was 86. So you were in 86 chasing limos and I was chasing tour buses. They didn't have limos because they weren't big in 86 in um, England at the time. They were still in the uh, mm. little battered tour yeah. bus. 
Yeah, but I wasn't quick enough, or my mate wasn't quick enough getting in the car. Bloody bus drivers and bloody um, limo drivers don't let you on. experience or something you look back on fondly. Now, I know it's probably hard following up that story. I was going to say, mine's boring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it'll be very welcome to hear. You know, there's two things. One that I can recall offhand is a concert. I think it was Listen Like Thieves. Um, and we were on the front row. And back in those days, of course, you brought your camera and you weren't supposed to use it because they would confiscate it. But the security guard let me take pictures and I've posted them, I think, with you guys are kind of blurry by now after, I don't know, 18, 1986 ish, maybe seven. Um, But I did meet the band. Um, I didn't I wish I had the balls that Suzanne did. And and the ironic thing is my, my best friend and I, she's like she's a judge in Miami, Florida. And like so she's got balls and I have balls. But for whatever reason, we were just so starstruck and tongue-tied and stupid because what I would give to go back in those days and to, to actually speak to them because, like, you know, yeah, back then I know what we probably wanted from them, but we went to this nightclub in Cincinnati. Uh, well, actually, let me back up a little bit. Um, we went to, they were opening up for the Go-Go's and these little girls were sitting next to us and they said, do you know where Burgundy's is? It's a nightclub in, um, near University of Cincinnati. And we're like, yeah, we go there all the time. And they said, "What? we heard the band is going there afterwards. So my friend and I waited for an excess to finish and then we bolted for the nightclub because we were VIP members at that nightclub, which Whoa. means absolutely nothing. But um, <laughs> we got to, we were like, everything was blocked off and everything. And, but they let us, like I knew some of the people there. So they let us to meet, meet them. And by the time the band got there, um, clearly Michael and Belinda were together. Uh, clearly they were both pretty messed up. They were on the floor, literally rolling around, acting like they were, three sheets to the wind. Um, I mean, they introduced us to him. And then it was, I was just asking her the other day, like, who was it? We kind of followed them to the bathroom. And she said it was Andrew and Tim. And you could just see they were like, wanted to talk to us. And we were both like, oh, you guys are really good. And, you know, you guys are great. And that's all we could say. Like how we kick ourselves, how many years, 30 some years later, like, oh my God. We were such idiots back then, <laughs> but I had a curfew. I mean, I couldn't have gone out very late anyway, so you know. But that—that that was, a, and that was kind of our thing. With um, we got made fun of quite a bit over in excess. I mean, our college apartments were just the whole everything was plastered in excess, and people would make fun of us like inks, and you know, they're only they've only got one song out, and blah blah. And Patty and I are like, no, no, they don't. We, you know, we love in excess, and and we'd always fall out of it. 
and we met them. So that was our big claim to fame is yeah. we met them. So <laughs> you bring yeah, up but- a, a, a great point about college. I mean, uh, college radio, I guess, and I'm not sure how many people here either went to college or had access to college radio, but it was such a tool for for bands like them and probably REM and um, you know maybe The Cure and Depeche Mode and even you two in those days, you know, to get access to college radio where I guess the cultural zeitgeist sort of was was happening and often it, it launched bands, you know, in terms of, you know, that initial starting point. Again, question to anyone here without mm-hmm. notice. I mean, um, tell us, you know, a bit about college radio over there. Does it still exist much these days? Was it something that you remember hearing a lot of in excess back then through college radio? We had an amazing radio station in Oxford, Ohio, my university. It was independent, uh, 97X. It was actually, if you ever watched um, Rain Man with Dustin Hoffman, um, Dustin Hoffman plays Rain Man. And in that that movie, he's talking about 97X, bam, the future of rock and roll. Well, that's the radio station. And um, they are, like I said, they were a small independent radio station and they did play in excess, they would never, ever have played kick. Kick was not their thing. It would have been more like, um, I would say, listen like these before, you know, they wouldn't have prior to that, they wouldn't have played anything like mainstream. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why I really like, I like kick. Don't get me wrong. Kick is great, but I really like the earlier stuff better. Mm -hmm. And just because it's different and I like, different I, I sort of agree with what you're saying there because um, we've, I've gone over it a lot of times but um yeah finding them on the listen like fears tour and then go and listen to the swing and everything behind beyond that or before that you think that's your band and they're like unique and different and then the kick <clears throat> not that it was a sellout it was a sellout but it just felt that they just went pop and mainstream, like you're saying, you're like, ah, oh, no, they've sold out to that, which is good uh, for what, them. Is that's what what they wanted to? But then they came back after X, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, uh, every band that, that crosses into sort of the mainstream, you know, the the, the rank and file fan along the way will often see it as, uh, you know, it's a bit like their girlfriend or boyfriend going and cheating on them with a whole bunch of other people. Yeah, exactly. It's like that. they become part of the broader population, and I think all of yeah. whether. Whether there are any fans. Who else you kissing? Well, you know, um, you know, but you can look at a band like, say, Kings of Leon. They are a band that were, you know, the first three, four albums were quite, um, you could say they were alternative, but you could say they were, they had a uh, an audience of a more boutique nature. Mm. And then something like Sex on Fire comes along and Love Somebody and those big songs and, you know, have a mainstream appeal. Mm. You know, the, the, it's like everyone else discovers your secret later on. Um, yeah. And you're sort of losing part of that. Um, I don't think sometimes if you actually, if you reverse the albums around, I don't think sometimes people look at kick. Like I think Mark Ober the other week said there's enough weird stuff on kick to make it not really a pop album. If you think back to the head of Atlantic who, who rejected the album, you hear songs like Media goes, what's that? And then, you know, Never Tear Us Apart. What's this waltz thing going on here? And Need You Tonight is quite an odd song sonically. And But, again, you know, band sort of, as it hits that zeitgeist where they, they really cross over, sometimes for those uh, hardened fans, feel, it feels like something's leaving your, you know, secrecy. Um, I don't know, exactly. Exactly. You know, that's sort of what happens. That's what it is, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Go, Susan. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, what I was saying, uh, what crosses my mind when you talk about kicking that tour, the 
because uh, I was used to like they were I would I would they were my sweet little secret. They were they were mine. And because I could see them at clubs and I would, you know, get in line, be, I would be first in line and be, I'd be front row. And then, then, then here we are with kick and, you know, just out of high school, you know, don't have any money. And so I couldn't afford to buy close seats. So you just got what you, what you could get through Ticketmaster and my seats are way up high. And I'm like, mm. I'm not supposed to be up here. <laughs> Well, that's yeah, it's, exactly it's, right. That's what happened to me at the NEC. But in America, <laughs> especially, you know, a lot of bands play pubs and then they go to clubs and then it's theatres, then it goes to arenas and then it goes yeah. to stadiums. And mm. that's almost like the sort of the, the pattern of ascent. And one thing NXS did, which probably commercially hurt their career, is as I said, when post Wembley happened and they had Welcome to Wherever You Are Out, they actually burst their own bubble. They said, oh, we'll go do some pubs and clubs and some smaller venues, which was commercial suicide, but probably critically and, and band-wise uh, a, a U-turn back to the early type of days. And, you know, Mark will probably talk about that on the Welcome to Everywhere review coming up where, you know, he's regrets that they didn't sort of tour that album on a bigger, grandiose level as technology allowed itself to do because, you know, that that was sort of more of a deliberate decision. But, uh, yeah, once you start hitting stadiums, you probably find, Susan, you, you know, your rapport of being able to get down to the front row was probably uh, restricted by burly uh, henchmen, yeah, you know, and getting to 50 metres from the stage saying you can't go there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Right, it's a good job that they did turn it around then, isn't it really, that they did do the pub tours and that you got more access to the band as well. You went to some of those, Suzanne? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. But in 97, that was kind of like, it was kind of sad because in uh, in 97, they played the Greek theater, which is a, which is, you know, fairly decent sized venue here. And then they went to a club because, because Elegantly Wasted did not do very well here. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So I think that's why that they couldn't, by the end of the tour, they couldn't do another place that was the size of the Greek. It's yeah. interesting, actually, Hayden. You don't know this, but um, I got I, I've, I've got um, an interview that I've just done with a guy called Simon Yo, who is a good friend of the band. But he also worked for Polygram Records. They were signed to Polygram Records in '97. Is that right, Hayden? Well, yeah, they they signed it. I think they were on the verge, or they just had signed a six album deal. Uh, you know, with the elegantly wasted album being the first of six albums for about forty million, mm. which was a big amount mm. considering they're commercially were sort of on the wane. But um, mm. yeah, they they were in either negotiations or had signed something like that. Yeah. That, that deal. So uh, in that stable was you two as well. So you two and and um, in excess were signed by Polygram, and they both had albums out at the same time. But Polygram put more money behind Pop, I think it was at the time. Yeah. 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 So out of the two albums, Elegant Wasted is far more superior. But for some reason, Polygram decided to put more emphasis and promotion on Pop. Well, back then, you know, it was a lot of artists relied, you know, on the on the um, label to really, you know, do all the hard yards and work. Yeah, so it was probably the, the genius of Chris Murphy back in uh, the day. And you've seen documentaries of him in boardrooms and you know, you know having a strategy and, and and lobbying radio stations and and picking the venues to tour at and building a momentum especially with college radio I mean the miniseries sort of documents that in a sort of dramatic way mm. uh, but that was the genius of him being able to build that groundswell of, of, of marketability and you know effectively he was out of the band sort of uh, canon you know in 95 yeah. and came back obviously after Michael passed but um, it's hard, you know. I mean, most bands to, to maintain a sort of a, 
zenith relevance is really, really difficult and you need record company support. So what you've said there about Polygram and maybe Island Music, I think through you too, it probably doesn't surprise, you know. Mm, mm. Did, did you all get to see that little short video that I put onto the Patreon page of um, Chris Murphy? Did you see it, Hayden? I haven't opened it, but I've seen the post. Yeah, and in just a short, I think it's only on for 20 minutes, you just feel the power of Murphy, the passion and his drive to come away from in excess and to find the next thing. It is brilliant. Have you seen it, Suzanne? I I tried to open the link, but it wasn't working for me. So I've been meaning to try and just like go through YouTube on just directly to see if I can if I can find it. I'm sure I can. I was amazed. I found it. It was it was um, only uploaded by um, Petrol Records in April, and it only had something like seven views and two and one like. I was like, why why is nobody looking at this? So I've I've um, sent it out to you guys to look at first, but I need to send it okay. out. But if you're a Murphy fan, which I am, hero, then um, yeah, it's worth watching. around the room a little bit and find out just you know what songs it's very difficult for you to uh, and with a band like in excess is to say this is my favorite song because one of the strengths of them was they had a catalog that you know was long and deep whether it's singles or album tracks or deep tracks and things but if you've got three or four songs that connect with you still that still get a high rotation we'd like to hear, hear what they are but we would like you to pinpoint if you were stuck on a desert island and had to take one album with you and it can't be a greatest hits compilation, okay, mm-hmm. which one you would take with you, okay? So you can't you can't be like bees taking the, you know, the shine like it does anthology or anything like that. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Sheila, you got the new ball. I know you're, there's no prep on this, but we're going to throw in your direction. What are three, four, five songs that mean a lot to you still and what album is your go-to? Well, my favorite is Kick. I know y'all are saying that's the most commercial. That is my favorite. But as far as, I mean, other songs, and I kind of, and I've kind of gone back and I've picked up the stairs and I love the stairs. Um, There are just so many of them. I still love this time, Shine Like It Does. It's just there's just so many. There It'd is. be too hard. And I did, how would I how could I choose? I mean and I, and <laughs> I. Uh, Yeah. No, that's then, fine. Yeah. I, we we've learned in this Zoom podcast not to turn around and sort of ask you to pick one song. So uh, that's why we're giving you a bit of a room to move. <laughs> Uh, Marty, what about yourself? What's a, a, a cluster of songs that connect with you still? What's an album that, you know, you can take to Newfoundland and never have to come back? It's, it would be The Swing because that was the first that was the first cassette I had of them. My favorite songs, they vary. They vary really across the, the, the times. I love everything. I love The Stairs, uh, Not Enough Time, Disappear, Kick the Dirt, uh, a new sensation. I have different, like my, my, uh, my alarm is, uh, my wake up alarm on weekdays is not enough time. And my weekend uh, alarm clock is uh, kicking the, kick the dirt, falling down the mountain, whatever <laughs> that one, um, when they're in the desert. So that wakes me up. Not enough time. It starts off softly enough, but enough <laughs> for me to wake up. Yeah. So it's a nice soft wake. I love that song and everything to me I rediscovered it recently and I find that Michael's voice is so strong it just and I've always wondered have they ever cancelled shows because he lost his voice or his voice was off any videos I've seen of shows his voice is always 
up there. It's so strong and doesn't seem to waver. He never seems to forget his his, his lyrics from what I've seen, unless they haven't. Appeared. But mm-hmm. yeah, but everything to me is 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 my rec- most recent. Uh, it varies, but right now it's it's the one that gets to me when I hear it because his sound, his voice is so strong. And that video that Suzanne was lucky enough to to, to yeah. witness firsthand. I find that video so, you know, the fans are all around and they seem to have so much fun. Too. Yeah. Everybody's smiling, even Kirk. Because in, in recent <laughs> videos, in recent concert videos, the latest one, Kirk seems angry or disappointed or something or impatient. Everybody else seems I, to no, have it's, fun. It's, 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 Suzanne, it's, it's rock star sort of uh, chic to sort of uh, have a frown, isn't it? You don't want to have a happy rock star. Oh. Is that right? Okay. That's right. Yeah. It's a little bit, he likes to be in control as well. He was always the first one to be at the rehearsals or at the shows. Like, well, yeah. the song Everything in that video, I think I sort of said maybe when I ranked that highly in our video sort of um, top fives and things, it was sort of almost the last time you saw Joy, you know, in some sort of forum of the band. Um, I really don't like that live gig they did in Germany at uh, Laura Lee or whatever there, which I yeah. think was a bootleg. I always felt that concert was, you know, it wasn't a happy, happy sort of experience, but that everything film clip, it's such a joy thing. Michael seems happy. The band are happy. The crowd are happy. It's interactive. Mm. Mm. Um, it's, it's a simple video, but you know what? It, it, sometimes they're the best. Yeah. And we do have a a person who was there today, which uh, yeah. well, they're on the day. And enjoying <laughs> it good. too. Susan, what about yourself? Album and certain songs that still connect with you to this day? Uh, well, the, the album I would take to if I had to go to Desert Island would, would also be the swing but that's that's my that is my favorite one and, and plus also because i think I, I also love the the artwork on the cover i love the gatefold i love the pastel colors in it songs uh, don't change it, it just gives all the feels and i just remember them closing with it so much and i would i remember i was crying because i love the song so much and then because they were leaving i would cry because they're leaving the stage and i didn't want them to leave yet um <laughs> yeah i hear that uh, from a lot of fans that's what they say about that song <laughs> no, it's the ending know. song <laughs> <laughs> uh others uh i i also like i love the song elegantly wasted because uh, i kind of like uh, when I when singing it, like you know, it's, that's kind kind of like how to describe myself when I'm out at a club and I'm and I am wasted. I'm elegantly wasted. <laughs> yes. I got the cute little, I, can, I got I can the cute little pink t-shirt, and, you know. And I love uh, "Burn for You" because I love the backing vocals, so I love to sing it loud. Like I'm also singing with it with them, and uh, like I'll just oh, I, and I I told Michael one time like. Like I swear, we saw Jen. I said, I want her job because he's like, well, she works really hard. I'm like, I would too. <laughs> <laughs> we, a couple of episodes ago, did a don't change um, episode, you know, topic. We, we spoke for 40 copious minutes about a five minute song. We really put on our fan go- boy and fan girl hat. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and we, we, we break the song down in the little 30 second increments and we sort of, you know, really invest in that little bit there and that little drum bit and that little bit of vocal and, yeah, we've had a lot of fun yeah, with that, those. That, uh, I was planning done. on that one next, so. Yeah, yeah, no, that we had a lot. Of, we have a lot of fun with those ones because it really is unabashed fanhood uh, there. And Susan, uh, what about yourself? Uh, album to go to a desert island with, and uh, certain songs that still resonate with you. I'm gonna have to say I kind of changed my mind from the swing to Shabu Shabab. Maybe because that's what started my whole love affair with them. Yep. Um, Don't change, of course, is what started it all but then i think about like they were such a huge part of my 
coming into adulthood, I guess. Um, my friend and I would always have the one-liners and it was always in excess songs like, Oh, I'm drunk. I can't see my glass. And, you know, like things like that, we would always say, and of course only she and I would get it. And, um, to this day, I mean, we're in our fifties, mid fifties, and we still say things like that when we're together. I mean, it's, she lives down in, um, Miami, Florida, and I visit her once a year in the Keys, but she has a vacation home down there. And I, all we do is sit and we listen to an excess when we're together. And it's just, again, it's like, we've been friends since high school. And so here we are, you know, old <laughs> and, and we're still like saying the same things that we did back oh. then or shut it, brother, just keep walking. You know, like that was <laughs> thing. So, so nice that you've got that journey I, with a friend like that. It, it'll always be that way with us. And, you know, oh. I think we'll probably be in a nursing home together and we'll both be going, shut it, brother. And, you know, <laughs> that'll be us, Aiden. Yeah. During our 4,000 episodes. <laughs> or if we start saying when we're 90 years old in a, in a nursing home, I'm drunk, can't see my glass, then we probably will be, you know, maybe in a straitjacket. I don't know. But, um, but it's that sort of shorthand lingo you got between you, which is really, really yeah. cute, you know? All because of them, you know, it's just been such a huge part of our, our friendship and our, you know, and, and, oh, we've got a lot. We got, listen, she and I, she's a, like I said, she's a judge in Miami, Florida. I could ruin her career. So, but you know, this, and, and yeah, the songs are just, I have to say like, a lot of the earlier songs, um, Burn For You, to me, the beginning, the intro of that song, I just, I could listen to that over and over again. I love the beginning of that song. And um, so a lot of, you know, Shabu Shaba. Yep. And even I loved In Excess, the first the first two, and I, I you know, underneath the collars. I, I know that a lot of people don't, but there's just something quirky about them that I really, I love listening to. Yeah. you got to start somewhere, you know, and we, we, there's some still great songs on those two albums. Um, but, you know, you got to remember they're 18, 19, 20. You've got to be able to mm-hmm. earn, your, earn your stripes and learn how to yeah. record. And, you know, it's it's, it's it's really is a sort of a, 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 a soundtrack of where they were at that time. And, you, you know, it's part of that journey where with this podcast series, we've started it at the first album and we're working our way forward and we're 66, 67 episodes in now and we're about to get to Welcome and then we'll get to Full Moon and we'll get to Elegantly Waste and we'll get to Switch and then we'll get to the compilation. So it's a whole narrative of, of their career growing and if you think of someone like the Beatles where they were when they started to where they finished, it's a similar sonic uh, development. And, you know, like a child or an adult, you know, eventually become well, a person becoming an adult, you know, you do get that litany of sound. So... You always have to go back and listen to those starting albums going, okay, well, that's where they were and this is where they went to. And that's why as a band, I've always liked them because there's been development, there's been growth, there's been risks. They haven't sort of put out the same type of song and shtick on every album. Um, And it's interesting hearing everybody's fandom, you know, it really captures a lot of the era, which is, which is great, uh, which is, which is really awesome. All can, right. I, can I ask a question, Hayden, yep, please? Yep, don't worry, so yeah. talking about fandom there, who else here was um, part of Mary Woods' fan club at the time, the Into It in Excess? 
I had a little folder that came to me with a, it was a white folder with little NXS. Yes. Uh-huh. I don't know what I did with that. So I was that in, in a, into NXS? That was, you were in that one? Or was you know, you that in the was, first one? Not. This was in the 80s. This is about yeah. or mid 80s, something like that. Yeah. Okay, so you were in the very first one. It was run by a little old lady out of her house, and she used to write everything. She didn't even have a photocopy. <laughs> oh, I think no, she did no, have no, a that photocopy. Was that was them running it. I don't know. They said personalized stuff all the time. Uh, <laughs> no, they, they managed to get the personalized stuff, but it was a little old lady that was um, doing it. Yeah, yeah, in America. Yeah. Sadly, it got ruined. Oh, did it? It was in, in storage. It got moisture and it got, it was all, it got all full mold. It was, it was tragic. Well, I've got something exciting to tell you then. So Mary Woods has found some old blankets and she's going to give them to the podcast. So we'll be selling them via the podcast and they're not going to be too expensive to buy, but yeah, they're really good. Yeah, really good. So I'm hoping there'll only be a limited, a limited amount, but yeah, you'll be able to get your hands on those. There's, um, there's not any, um, there's not real signatures in there, but there'd be right. guitar picks and all sorts of like pictures and stuff. Yeah, it's lovely. So um, yeah. Sorry, before I just tell That's you right. that. No, if you're excited right. about that, I'm excited. I can't wait to get one. I'm excited. <laughs> oh. I'm going to change tack a little bit. You know, one obviously of the uh, very sad elephants in the room is the fact that, you know, Michael passed. And um, I guess on that sort of fateful sort of time of the day and et cetera there, uh, it sounds like you, all of you were all fans from go to woe and didn't really have a period where the band weren't in your mind. Um, but, um, you know, where, where, where were you when you heard the news? How did, you know, I'm not going to ask how you coped or whatever. I think we all, you know, found it and still find it a sort of a shocking thing to deal with. But, um, can you think back to that day where you were and, you know, how it affected you to a point? Um, I'll start, you know, with yourself, uh, Sheila. Oh, yes, I remember. Um, yeah, extremely sad, um, depressed. You know, you couldn't understand. And there were all the stories going around. And of course, now we know what the what the truth is. Mm. But but yeah, I was uh, I was very depressed for a while. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Marty, what about yourself? Do you remember the, sort of the, the, the time you heard or the situation you were in? I believe I was uh, in bed and my uh, radio uh, alarm clock back then uh, turned on to the radio station and they they mentioned it. And I was sort of half sleeping and, and then later on during the day, I think, was it at school or was it at work? I can't remember. But somebody mentioned it. Says, oh, I thought I heard something. Like it didn't click when I heard it. Yeah. And then I heard it during the day and then it was all over the news and and then the different versions of what people were saying. I said, oh, no, 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 it can't be. It must have been an accident. And, mm. and, and I felt was sad because it was one of the first deaths of groups that I really enjoyed. You know, oh, mm. my God, I can't believe it. Like yeah. brackets, but when I heard that uh, Charlie Watts died, I went, "Oh no!" And same mm. thing when I heard David Bowie, "Oh no!" And Prince, "Oh no!" Like recently, like right now, there's a great band up there in heaven. Yeah. Great musicians right now. So uh, it was. I remember being sad, 
But I remember being sadder at other events when his name was mentioned at concerts or at a U2 concert when they had his face up on the screen and they were singing uh, Stuck in a, a Moment. I remember bawling my eyes out. Uh, you were at that, you were at that, that concert? I think that's when it hit me. You were at that YouTube concert? In Montreal, yeah. yeah. I, I've, I have to say, I've seen U2 more often than I've seen In Excess. Mm. I've seen U2 about, maybe about 12 times. And uh, but in uh, I can't remember what year it was, but there was at the end of not the end of one of the concerts they had. I think that would have been the the, uh, the elevation tour for that song. I think yeah, about two thousand and one maybe. Yeah, ball like a baby, and my sister was there. What? Like I, that's when I realized that he is gone. Like you could still hear him, hmm. uh, you know, could still hear the music. But when I saw his face on on the, on, the, on the screen and and the song, and when he explained it and. You know, times before or after, they'd be on talk shows and they'd mention that they'd written this song yeah. for him. And yeah, I said, yeah. oh my God. And that's when it, that's when I felt his absence more because yeah. he should be at, he, he should, should be, be at there. this benefit concert. Yeah. He, uh, there was this great, there was this huge, sorry, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but there was this huge um, Leonard Cohen uh, tribute concert in Montreal a few years ago. And I thought he should have been there. He would have been singing famous Blue Raincoat or he'd be singing mm. Suzanne because Sting was there. Elvis Costello was there. Damien Rice was there. Mm. And all these big names. And I thought, he should have been there because I knew that he liked Leonard Cohen. And mm. all these other benefit shows, he would have been there. You know, he'd, he'd be part of this whole, you know, the Sar the concert for Sarajevo. You know, he'd be part well, of those. Yeah, events, I mean, we... we you know? uh, uh, episode 60... This is episode 67, but episode... Uh, 66, I think, B, that's all right. We put on right. the tribute song Under My Thumb that Michael sung with the Philharmonic and things like that. But, but yeah, you know, he had, but you're right. You know, he, he I mean, he sung on a Talking Heads album, you know, he, he sung as at the Elvis uh, tribute mm -hmm. show. Um, you, you know, he would have loved to have done the Leonard Cohen thing, but it's many others and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, Suzanne, what about yourself? I mean, I must have really connected hard for you, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, I was I was at my parents' house and uh, my bestie, the one Debbie who I mentioned, she was the one that actually found out and she was the one that had to make the call. She called me there. And uh, I just remember, you know, leaning up against the kitchen counter and then just and sobbing uncontrollably. I probably cried every day for for two weeks. Mm. Um, and <laughs> more people reached out to me about that and even like and my, my father passed away a couple years ago mm. still more people reached out to me when michael died than when my father died because <laughs> they just mm. that's i mean my, my nickname in high school was miss in excess and so i got miss in excess license plates on my car <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that echoes um danielle that happened to danielle didn't it when when michael passed all her friends were helping her through it more than anything like what she's been through she found yeah. um, a pouring of love from her girlfriends when michael passed away than whatever she'd been through before yeah susan p what about yourself um it must have been hard for you given sort of uh, what you you know shared today you know well you know it's it's kind of ironic i was in florida uh we used to go down for thanksgiving um to sanibel island florida with my family and um i heard it on mtv and I don't really think maybe being on vacation, I, I don't know. It really didn't didn't affect me in immediately. It I think it maybe I was in denial. I don't know. And and quite honestly, I feel like as an adult or as an older adult, 
it's affected me more now than it even did back then. Um, you know, Mystify really, the movie, the documentary really hit me hard. And it's not, I think, too, being in the States and not being where he wasn't front and center anymore, um, you know, in the media and or on MTV or whatever oh. here. Um, the band had kind of like, we didn't get to see all that stuff and what was going on in his life. I knew he was with Paula, you know, and I didn't really hear any more about In Excess so much. I didn't hear a lot about them. So I wasn't... Yeah. It wasn't that they weren't smart. It was like they were kind of still part of our lives, but from the past and not present. And so as an adult, as I grew older, it, it kind of like, I feel like I'm, I've mourned him more now than I did back then, if that makes any sense at all. And, and I really believe the documentary just really got to me. It really hit me hard. And I, like, I would cry every night. I'm like, what is wrong with me? This happened how many years ago? And I'm, crying so yeah i don't know it's called my friend yeah. and patty and told her i'm like did you hear the news and you know well not back then but did, has everyone here you know, seen, seen the documentary yes yeah. pardon me yeah did you see it uh i know it's been on some streaming platforms and it was also limited release in some cinemas where, where did you get to see it to see the movie theater the I, I went okay. to a movie theater yeah me too yeah. Yeah. suzanne yeah, in, be, the, in so, the theater the, 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 Yes, in the movie theater. Maybe. A friend of mine downloaded Okay, that's all right. Yeah, that's what Bea and I met at the uh, the opening of that, you know, doco. But to me, it was a sort of a good epitaph on more of the facts of what occurred and more the logic of it, you know, well, not logic, but the, the facts behind it all. Back in 97, I mean, it really was pre-internet. It was sort of pre-social media. It was pre a lot of those yeah. things. So there was always lots of white noise around about what had occurred and what hadn't occurred. And in Australia, if I can, you know, be indulgent for a moment, you know, for years and years and years, the frustrating thing was, you know, friends and acquaintances of mine or people or whatever, oh, you know, think he, you know, topped him this way. It was just all that red herring type of scuttlebug. But I felt like the documentary at least on one level put some accuracy to the facts um, that had occurred because a lot of that stuff, again, wasn't known because the internet wasn't around and, you know, we were getting sort of loose facts and things. But the other part, you know, that I look back on is it was such a waste, you know, uh, you know, in terms of, like, I, I hold dear that he lived a, a life of a 70-year-old, 70 years of life in a 37-year-old body that he, <laughs> you know, he did achieve, went, you know, visited, in, you know, endured, you know, went through so Indulged. much, you know, by the age of 37. <laughs> yes. Pardon? Indulged. Indulged. Yeah. I well, mean, lived life to the I excess, mean, didn't he? Well, I have a slight feeling mm -hmm. that we're all slightly over 37 years of age. So if we look at our age now and subtract back to 37, <laughs> he, he jam-packed a lot in that time. So I sort of feel good that he had a very uh, big life, albeit a short life. But it is a bit of a tragedy because I think, you know, the word stuck in a moment you can't get out of or momentary lapse of reason to coin a Pink Floyd word is exactly where he was at. Yes, there was a build-up, but you know, in the right circumstance with the right people around him and just maybe the right sort of, you know, preparations. And I think men's health is a big thing here in Australia. Maybe it's a bit more worldwide now where men are, are probably asked to share and give more of how they're feeling and there's more programs for men, you know, versus the bravado um, that maybe, you know, like he, Michael goes, I'm fine, Dad. You know, even the dinner he had with his dad that night, I'm fine. Everything's good, you know. Yeah. Um, 
I just think that you know, if if it, if it was nowadays, we his circumstances may, circumstances may have been more identifiable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the pattern of what was going on may have been more triggered for others around him to go. Like we have a thing in Australia called a U OK, you know, U OK Day or something like that. I don't know if it happens overseas. You, know, you ring up somebody, are you OK? Um, I mean, it's things like that that, that you know, I'm just sad that they- Just opens the door for the conversation. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Maybe the mechanism yeah. is what I'm trying to say weren't there at the time. And, yeah. But- and he was such a sensitive man. He was more asking of um, other people's feelings than actually telling on his own feelings. But going back to what Matey said about seeing um, the the, the um, image of Michael on the- um, on the screen when you two were playing and also some of those um, benefit concerts. I think that like, yes, the morning aside that we all miss him, but it is the fact that he should be on the world-class stage now performing and, or doing whatever, you know, I know mm-hmm. that people think that he went, would have gone into film. Who knows? Who knows? You know, or producing. But yeah. it's the fact that he, he's that missing bit, isn't he? In our lives, he should be about, he should well, be th- things, there. things turn around and there's different, sort of platforms, things, you know, etc. And it's not about album sales really anymore, but I think Billy Corgan, who, you know, was at his sort of peak around when Michael passed, you know, he, he was a bit of a Michael and NXS fan and he he's quoted as saying, you know, when I met Michael, I could see he was, let's say a shadow of who he was, but he was uncertain and, you know, um, but such a generous spirit and, but said, you know, if they were around now, their time would have come again, you know, in different ways. And weirdly enough, they, their time has come again so much more, you know, both with the sales in Australia and overseas and the videos and the things like that. And, and when you're good, like you two are a good band. Like I've seen them a number of times too. The Rolling Stones are a good band. Like when you're really good, Arcade Fire, I really like uh, Canadian band. Uh, when you're From really Montreal. good, yeah. When you're really good at what you do, it's almost like it trumps all evil. If you can't play live, hello Ashley Simpson. Um, you know your career goes. You know what I mean. <laughs> um, if you're not good at what you do, you know, you know, you don't have real quality in what you put into the musical ether. It gets found out. You know, Queen were really a band that. We're a bit of a kitschy sort of um, non-critics um, fan, fan band, uh, you know, a, a, a band that was fan-driven rather than critically driven. But look what's happened to Queen with Eddie, uh, Freddie uh, passing, and just the Renaissance and the movie and everything. There, good songs survive. Yeah, <laughs> they outlive the artist. They outlive the person who's made them. And I think I think In Excess have had this really great last five to ten years as they've stopped touring, as they've stopped trying to you know, re reboost the past, but let's just acknowledge and celebrate everything that they've recorded and done. And and Chris coming back to the band, God rest his soul, has helped sort of create that resurgence. I mean, they've they've actually sold more albums since they broke up than they did when they're actually together. So since well, sorry, when I say broke up, let's just say the Michael years, since nineteen ninety seven, they've actually sold more records and CDs worldwide since ninety seven than they did between nineteen eighty and nineteen ninety seven. That's an interesting statistic. Yeah, yes, it is yeah. 25 years, I, 24 years, but it's still significant stat, yeah. I, we were out at some friends' house a few weeks ago, and um, we were outside with Bonfire, and they said, what do you want to listen to? And I said, In Excess, and so they put, you know, Alexa play In Excess. And it was just funny how, like, all the songs that came on, they were like, 
oh yeah this song and, oh, you know they they're like i forgot they sang this song oh this is a great song so it's just funny oh, how, like, you, and oh, you know what alexa just turned on and she's playing in excess right now um <laughs> she heard me but it's it yeah, funny mine how, did you mine heard you how lazy are we now we can't get out and go pull out the vinyl and put it on how lazy are we now you generation millennials you yeah so i think you forget how relevant they are still to me they are still very relevant and then you know if i'm in the grocery and i hear a a song come on and it's an excess it's like it's just kind of funny you know people you see them kind of you know bouncing their head or whatever and like yeah that's them and people just don't realize it's an excess yeah yeah i had a mate of mine a few years ago he said to me you know like i used to always be annoyed you'd always talk about the man but i love it when, when someone comes on and go, oh, that was in excess on the radio or something like that, he goes, I didn't know that was their song. I didn't know that was their song. Gee, you know, the one thing sounds completely different to Nija tonight. I mean, that sort of variety, I guess, is something and depth of song is why, you know, part of the mission to get this podcast out was to sort of celebrate that. I I think that the, the Rock Hall of Fame, you know, inducts, you know, the Sex Pistols, albeit a, a cultural sort of phenomenon in 1977, but it was one album with 10 songs on it, 11 songs. I mean, there's probably three that people could recite to this day. And Again, sometimes part of this podcast was celebrating just the, the sheer volume and, and, and quality of the material amidst, you know, getting into the Hall of Fame too. But, um, yeah. So that leads on to are you all coming to the uh, after party, the before party, the coach party, all the way to the Rock Hall of Fame, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Well, there's someone here from Cleveland or near Cleveland, isn't there? It's Cincinnati. That's not far from Cleveland, is it? And nope, for about five hours. Oh, believe yeah. me. I'm there. Uh, i got a feeling you know, Suzanne will be there them. chasing the limos down. <laughs> yeah, we'll be there. <laughs> like <laughs> they will be next to you. Yeah. I know what I'll say when the window comes down. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know if Andrew will be able to recite the same uh, question to Suzanne that he did 33 years ago. I don't well, think- we, we've got him on in September. He's coming in. We'll ask him about that. Oh, Do you remember that, Suzanne? I don't think. Suzanne Kate. I got the picture. I got the picture. Excellent. <laughs> I'll get him yeah. to sign it. <laughs> so Andrew's wife lives, like she's from Dayton, Ohio, which is a, an hour north of me. Yeah. So they were at, the, he had posted some pictures online several years ago. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't work with that is. It's like a half mile for me. So yeah. I wanted so bad to go like stalk him, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I just want to uh, say thank you very much for coming on today. Um, also for being a patron to the podcast. Um, every little dollar uh, helps, but more importantly, every sort of word and contribution and, and, and mixing on the platform and uh, with the other people always helps too. Uh, I hope today you got a little bit out of sort of joining us and sort of seeing behind the scenes what we do. But um, uh, I know the band, the, uh, the the fandom out there always appreciate, you know, passionate fans like yourselves. And I just can't believe, B, how many of our uh, patrons here today uh, have actually had a real life sort of almost mm-hmm. experience with the band. I mean, I've just got this picture of Michael on the floor with Belinda Carlisle etched in my head <laughs> at a nightclub. Um, I've got pictures of Susan running down the street and hugging Michael and smooching him uh, incessantly. Um, thanks for everything today. Uh, 
you know, we should never say this, but I think it's been the funnest Zoom we've done so far and you've given a lot of yourselves and shared a lot uh, of your experiences and for that. And congratulations on the 2,000 members on your Facebook page. Oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, Yeah. I've been waiting for that one to (laughs) click over. Um, I'd like to say... 2,000 more. Oh, thank you. I'd like to say thank you to all your girls because I actually... I really wanted to get a load of girls together to talk about their fandom as um, as fangirls. And uh, it was just ironic that we got you all together and um, you've created a show that I wanted to create from a Zoom. So this is brilliant. Thank you so much. You really oh, made me you. smile today. Fun. You've really made me smile a lot. All right. All time right. to say goodbye. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. This is Sheila from Birmingham, Alabama. Hey, this is Susan from Cincinnati, Ohio. Hi, this is Maite from Montreal, Canada. This is Suzanne from Los Angeles, California. And that's a wrap. All right, Dee, well, uh, that's a wrap. Uh, we'll get into fan engagement. And early in the podcast, uh, I did say we would acknowledge all those beautiful people who uh, thank me for my birthday and uh, I guess uh, weekly correspondent anyway. So maybe you were going to read those out because you put it together. <laughs> I've got a lot to say, actually. So you can just sit back if you like. Okay. All right. So I'd like to say thank you to all the people that got back to me to wish Hayden a nice happy birthday. And that would be Vern, Felicia, Tracy, Mary, Lisa Mack, Blair, Danielle, Lisa Urban, Susan Lynn, Carmen, Ali, Andrew Ferris, um, Susan from Ohio, Karen, Linda, Laurie, Foxy Joe from England, and Richard Simpkins, Sue D, Matey, Dr. Jim, and Paul Jolie. Thank you all. Oh, and Sarah Cam- Camia. And so, the yeah. unicorn. And, and, the unicorn. and the unicorn. And the <laughs> Thank unicorn. you very much, everybody. I want to talk about, I want to talk about shock. What a, I had a, a, a fantastic experience yesterday again with Shock from the Twitch. The guy. Just explain to listeners who. Yeah, I'm is going to. Yeah. 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 So yesterday, um, in the episode that I did for Hayden's birthday, we I played a song out, and that was one of your favourite songs, wasn't it? Yeah. And this guy called Shock actually sang on that. On that, he played all the instruments and he produced it, and he's got his own sort of DJ. Twitch channel um, that comes out once a month and he is just so exciting to be around. You can see him in the distance, but he's got all these things happening, pinging off all over the screen. I just love his energy and I've reached out to him. He loves In Excess and he was very stoked that I played it on um, this week's episode um, that's just gone out. Um, so hopefully he'll come on the show. So, yeah, he looks like Father well, Christmas, it, though. <laughs> well, for me, you know, um, being a bit of a nerdy sort of uh, geeky NXS fan, I mean, when I was listening to it, I'm going, oh, I haven't heard this version before. No. Who is this guy's? This, this sounds a bit like Eskimo Joe, but it's not, you know, but I'm mm. thinking, who's the guy? And then you said he plays all the instruments, yeah. all the music together, sung everything. Mm. Um, and, honest, uh, it's honest such, all it's his work. Thing. 
No, yeah. no, he does. He yeah. does a lot. Actually, it's not just in excess. He did a whole show on in excess, and it went for about an hour and a half, and it yeah. was superb. So, um, yeah. So hopefully he'll come back. I would just like also to give a big shout out for everybody that um, engages with me on Instagram, and one in particular is a guy or a girl. I'm not sure. I think it's a guy called Dodge Sixty Nine Charger which is a cool name. (laughs) He wrote, I don't know where to start. He says, I love this ongoing communication about getting in excess into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I do not see why this way overdue deal will not get done. It seems like in excess certainly rocks so hard. How could they never be denied? Anyone can see Live Baby Live at Wembley. It's obvious. Thank you, In Excess. I believe In Excess is an example of all the best that the people and culture of Australia has to offer the world. Is that accurate? Mm. Tim, Andrew, John, Kirk, Gary and Michael were legendary to me because they always stuck together. They did not need the cover of the Rolling Stones to be a great band. The band stuck together through the good times and the bad. What an example to the world to what can be achieved through commitment to a pure mission. Hi, excellence at their craft achieved through workmanship. I'm pretty sure that the badass I hope to meet one day, Mr. Tim Ferris, said something like he was there were six blokes that banded together and went all the way to the top. I know the words were different, but the message was when people band together and make a choice to pursue a specific positive mission, they can do it. In my view, the mission of In Excess is an example of pure goals, musical excellence. Each song has a lyrical dose of mental medicine for the masses. Song after song after song after show after show after show. Why do people go to pubs in Australia? I've never been to one down under, but I'm, I've been to plenty around the world and it's all the same. They'd go all night to get better. In Excess became experts at delivery and, and release. In other words, the mission of In Excess was pure in my book. And these guys both talked the talk and walked the walk. In Excess already achieved greatness. If America doesn't acknowledge it, it's their discredit because that any sane human knows that In Excess represents the best of what the world has to offer in terms of rock and roll music excellence and beyond. How nice is that? Who is it? Um, I don't know if it's a boy or a girl. I think it's a boy. Um, Dodge 69 Charger. And they're on um, Instagram. Um, okay. uh, wonderful. Thank you. And well, I, I, I thank them. Yeah. Maybe we can sort of post that up or you know, yes. it on the other platforms or whatever you call it. So um, very, very nice words. It's, very it's, almost good like, words. it's almost like a Hall of Fame induction speech. It was. I was like, yeah. isn't this Hayden? No. <laughs> yeah, me, yes. me on Instagram. Yeah, right. Okay, so I uploaded the new um, auction, which is auction, action, <laughs> however <laughs> you say it. And yep. it's, um, it looks brand new. Although the photo that I put up, I might change because there's my shadow over it. So it looks a bit, it looks like it's dirty, but it isn't. It's brand new. It's the In Excess Crew t shirt that was given out in 2002 for, um, what's it called? The Get Your Kicks. 
Yeah, 2001, I think. It's uh, Get Your Kicks Tour. So uh, I went on that little bit of a tour. It was uh, Just For Kicks, I think it was called. Just For Kicks. There you Just go. Just For yeah. Kicks, yeah. So in about, uh, when was it? I think it was around, say, February, March 2000. And, oh, hang on. Let me think, think, think. might have been June 2001. Yeah, it was mid-year. Uh, they did a North Queensland over, actually not far from uh, where Chris uh, resided. They did a uh, sort of a Tweed Heads, Coolangatta, down oh, to uh, yeah. down to Coffs Harbour B. Did they? Uh, they did. They did Damn. a little tour, Ballina and things like that. And I, I went to the one at Tweed and Coolangatta and then I went down to Ballina. Mm. Uh, and I remember getting out of the car, putting f- fuel in the car and getting absolutely belted with the rain. <laughs> uh, and I was going to go to Coffs Harbour. So I was a few hundred you know, miles away. I might give them one a miss. So, I wasn't yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I was well, still in England in 2001. Remember the story I told you? I was at one of the gigs and, you know, I, I checked out of my hotel in the morning and the lady goes, oh, what have you been doing here? I said, oh, I just went to the NXS concert. She goes, oh, you know, they stayed, they were, they're, up, they're upstairs. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't know that story. Yeah, they'd hide out the sort of the, the top floor of the flag motor in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't many hotels. But, uh, yeah, so that's the the Just for Kicks little sort of memorabilia there. John okay. Stevens was fronting. And well, this was, T-shirt's uh, yeah. come by, via, jo- uh, sorry, this, this T-shirt has come via Andrew out of Andrew's box. It doesn't come yeah. signed, but it has been in Andrew's hands. Um, yeah. So um, maybe I can get a signature on it. Maybe it will depend well, who wins. Maybe. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, look, up. I mean, look, uh, I think it would be a rare item and mm, it was, it uh, sort of a little rare tour and they were just really finding their feet, you know, getting back to doing some sort of live gigs. So uh, I'd be very excited for whoever wins that. It's a great fit as well for anyone. It's um, it's a nice medium size instead of being oversized. It's nice. You know, we probably last, you know, a few weeks we have, um, you know, said had a sort of series of episodes, I mean, very musical related and things. And um, I guess we are looking forward to having a chat with sort of Andrew coming up. Uh, we don't have specific dates as, it, as it, uh, expressed earlier, but we'd like to think in September that's going to happen. I do know that uh, the NXS world and train never really stand still, be. And uh, in the last two weeks here in Australia, we have had uh, a very, very, uh, well, fantastic Australian band uh, come and do a very, uh, version of Original Sin that we're going to play today. Um, the NXS link to this band is the lead singer is a gentleman called Cav, K-A-V, uh, Tempoli, and he actually sang on the Original Sin sort of uh, uh, covers of the band's version or, you know, reinterpretations, and he sung, ironically, B, the To Look At You song, uh, which we've talked a bit about today. And Cav has a fantastic voice. Um, the band Eskimo Joe, uh, which he fronts, probably have been a top five band in Australia in the last 15 years. And he does a cracking version here with uh, his bandmates of Original Sin we're going to play. What I'd like to do, B, as well, when we play out today is just after the Original Sin song, is put on uh, one of their great song, uh, great songs here in Australia. Might not be their most popular. It's not their number one hit. It's probably their uh, other big hit here that really broke them uh, into the mainstream. Uh, that song was called From the Sea. If you ever want to hear sort of keyboards and guitar and a great front man, which, you know, NXS have, you want to see sort of a song that's a bit inspired. Uh, it doesn't sound like them sonically, but musically and all the, the, the parts, uh, it's a really, really good song. So we put on uh, the other hit From the Sea at the end, and we hope you like that one too. Uh, but as we always say, it's goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from B. Goodbye, everyone.
Sure you had to see it's open up. 